The Pursuit Podcast is proudly presented by Fisher Skis. Going to keep this intro short and sweet. Mr. Adam Max, The Pursuit Podcast, you know what you're listening to. Totally switch up this episode this week. We got AEW star Daniel Garcia. That's right, folks. I've got a wrestler. You can catch him on TNT. This is the real deal. This is it. My interview with Daniel Garcia, super hyped on this crossover. Uh, let me know what you think. Slide in my DMs at Mr. Adam X. You know, these people out there doing it. it. It's such an interesting story. I love it so much. I'm so happy to make this crossover happen. Again, it's not the ski talk content that we're used to, but super fun. We're going to get right back into skiing next week. Please enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. Again, AEW All Elite Wrestling star, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia, welcome to the show. Uh, this is the worst part for you, I think. And if you haven't listened to my show, you're going to figure it out real quick. I don't do a big intro for you. Who is Daniel Garcia to Daniel Garcia? If you had to like summarize who you are as a person, an athlete, a wrestler, who are you? And to, to me, myself, I'm just, uh, you know... Uh, someone from humble beginnings in Buffalo, uh, raised by his mom, uh, very strong relationship with his mom. Um, I feel like my relationship with my family growing up has influenced my life a lot and, um, still influences my life a lot. And I think it, my relationship with my family and my friends from, um, for years and years and years, um, really influences my life decisions a lot. Um, and I think, all of those things, my relationships with the people I care about have carried me to where I am today and which is a pro wrestler for all elite wrestling. And yeah, I, I think those are the things that are most important to me. Relationships with the one with the ones I love uh, bleeding into my career. Did you ever think you would say Daniel Garcia pro wrestler? I mean, wrestling is one of those things where you're not like you were always a fan of it when you're a kid, obviously but it's never something that you really think that you can do. Like, even when you're a kid and you say, like, oh, I want to be a president or a football player, that's something that you still feel like you can do. But I feel like wrestling is so larger than life. You don't really think to yourself, oh, this is something that I can accomplish. So, so no. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. How do, how do you get there? I know, I kind of know your your background, but I think my audience is like, this is different for us. Uh, and we're just going to put it out there. And we spoke about it a little before, but like my, this podcast is an outdoor focused podcast. And I've been saying I'm an ever wrestler. So thank you for hopping on. But like, how do you're young and you're you're getting close to like the top of the pro wrestling. I don't want to say you're getting close. Like you're there. You're having main events. You're doing the thing. In five years? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah, about five, six years. That seems really fast. Yeah, wrestling is one of those things. It's like being a musician or a comedian. I feel like a comedian is like the most accurate um, comparison to a wrestler because you have to be on the road. You're starting off incredibly small in front of crowds of like 50 people in dirty buildings and... It's really a hustle and a grind to make it. And then hopefully once you hustle long enough and you grind long enough, you get noticed by, I guess for a comedian, it would be like HBO or Comedy Central. And for wrestling, it's like all elite wrestling, New Japan, WWE. You get noticed by a big company and then you sign a contract and then, you know, that's when the real work begins a little bit. But how do you get, do you just say yes to everything? How do you even, how do you learn this? Are there schools? Yes. Um, I was. I would go to, like, small independent shows with my mom when I was a kid and a teenager. And there was this local wrestler named Mikey Every Night who I talked to him, and he ran a wrestling school. And then I was too young when I met him. I was, like, 17. I had to wait till I was 18. I started training with him at a school in uh, Lackawanna, New York, which is, like, right outside South Buffalo, where I'm from. The school is, like, five minutes from my house. It's, like, a dirty like garage <laughs> like cold in the like it's like 40 degrees in there in the winters it's like this dingy place but i mean it's like my second home at this point and i started training there and then once you get trained you do some local shows 
you get some local shows, you start hitting the road and driving 12 hours to Maine to wrestle for $20. And then driving from Maine to Ohio for $15. And then driving from Ohio to um, Montreal for $10. You know, it's really a hustle and it's really a grind. And what made you want to keep doing it? It seems so not ideal. Mm. <laughs> like, to yeah, put it lightly. That's, that's, definitely a way, that's definitely a way to put it not ideal. Um, I think if you care about something enough and you have enough passion and enough love for something, you're going to make it work and you're going to make those sacrifices that other people don't want to make in order to be where you want to be. But so there was a plan, kind of. I wouldn't say a plan, but there was a there was a vision. Oh, I like that. At what point did you think I can do this? Like, were you at a Cattaraugus County Fair jumping off the second rope because you couldn't go off the top rope because the ceilings weren't high enough? (laughs) And like, I can do this. I mean, I had a really good support system around me of trainers and um, and like other wrestlers, like people who were honest with me. And I'll be honest, right off the bat, I was I was pretty athletically gifted. I was somebody who picked up on the physical side of wrestling very well. But not only did I pick up on the physical side very well, I think what was more important is I had a, and not like I was some some prodigy or anything, but I did have a knack for wrestling. And I think that came from being a lifelong fan. And I was somebody who, you know, picked up on the emotional side very well and the storytelling side very well, which is even more important than the physical part. And um, once I started picking up on those and people around me who I trusted in my circle would tell me, hey, like, you're pretty good at this. I think I started having glimmers of, oh, man, I could really make this work. Do you think growing up in Buffalo helped that? Because we have a pretty good scene here. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I would go to the local shows and, um, you know, seeing people like Brandon Thurston and um, Pepper Parks and, um, you know, like the late, great Brody Lee and Will Calrissi and, like, these people who are like local indie wrestling, like in indie wrestling legends. And then people even further out who are like actual indie wrestling legends, like Colin Delaney, Cheech, Cloudy, like these people who have an insane catalog of wrestling history for the past 20 years, being able to be in proximity to them all the time, I think was really beneficial to my career. Yeah, it's such... And we talked about this before a little bit before we were recording, but it's like skiing in a way. And my listeners are going to be like, where are you going here? But (laughs) when you're, uh, for lack of a better term, a lower tier pro skier, you're, you're on the grind. No one knows your name. You're traveling from competition to competition. You have hopefully great support. That's your family, but not financial support, not, you know, they're not putting you up in hotels. You're just grinding, trying to make it. And I think that is the wrestling grind as well. And like, but then there's the the flip side. When you get to the hypothetical top of this mountain, you're you're John Cena, you're the rock. And my mom knows who John Cena is, right? Like it's it's this, you know, it's this giant name. So like I don't I don't know how I just like I'm always blown away when someone gets into a sport like this and wants to go pro because it's such a minimal chance, right? Does that question make sense? Cut out. I left oh. off on John Cena and The Rock. Oh, we cut out. Sorry, we I lost you. I don't know what happened there, but we're back. I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I'm just saying, like the the gap is different. Like it's it's huge, and I think that's the one thing where skiing and and wrestling really, you know, coexist. And like you can be oh. an extremely, again, for lack of a better term, low level professional, but the top of the mountain is like it's almost like a dangling a carrot in front of a horse that like you might not ever get this it definitely and most people will never get it um i mean only the very very like top percent of people in wrestling are able to make a living off of wrestling um let alone a very very comfortable living i remember there were times on the indies and 
there are people who sacrificed in wrestling like way longer than I have and way more than I have. So I was able to make it relatively quickly, I feel like, um, which I'm very grateful for. But I remember there were times where I would be doing like Sports Illustrated interviews from like my 2006 Saturn view that the bottom of the half of my car was hanging out and I could barely drive it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I felt like when I was an indie wrestler, my double life was insane. Like I would be in front of, especially when I started to climb the ladder of indie wrestling, I would be in these in front of these crowds in front of like 500 people that viewed me as like a superstar. And then I would have to like go back to Buff State and walk all the way from, you know, the ice arena to Rockwell Hall at <laughs> 7.30 in the morning in the freezing cold where nobody cares about me, you know? And like, I kind of embraced like that double life. I kind of felt like a superhero. I thought it was really cool. But wrestlers still kind of get that double life, right? Or do you not, like you only live your life as Daniel Garcia now. I assume that's your stage name and you don't have to tell us your real name for privacy purposes, but like that's a stage name. Yeah, um, I guess... Like, I still do live with, like, I guess, like, a double life because it's not like I'm, a, like, a super celebrity or anything that gets, you know, uh, like, noticed everywhere I go. I mean, I I would say most places I go, I do get noticed once or twice. But I'm not being, like, swarmed by fans or anything like that. Um, but, like, at that time, I had, like, no followers on Instagram. Like, and it, like really, like, nobody knew who I was. So I think the double life was even more prevalent than it is now. Is there any way to prepare for that? No, because, I mean, <laughs> it kind of all happens so quick. Like, you're just kind of, you know, like one day, like I said, you're nobody knows you. And then the next week you are in front of literally millions of people on live television. Yeah, what a, what a bizarre world you live in. I mean that in, like, the kindest, nicest way. Like, no insult, but it's just like a wrestling is such an intriguing business to me because that's what it is mm -hmm. right like it's a business many of you guys know it snowed over a foot this week in new york so what does that mean it means i went to my basement i grabbed my deuter freerider pro 34 plus i pulled out my pomoka skins that were crumpled up in a ball and left there all summer ripped them apart put them put them on my skis went for a walk guess what guys they worked Pomoka is work of Swiss engineering. It's pioneered, tested, and designed in the Alps. Here's the thing. Even though they're designed in Europe, the North American product line is specifically engineered to match our climate and provide the best product for our continent. I'm telling you guys, I didn't store them properly. I know you should. I know you're supposed to hang them, let them dry. I didn't do any of that, which is a testament to how great this product really is they're the leading skin manufacturer worldwide they have top market share in north america and there's a reason for that pomoka is the choice of your favorite athletes hoji cody townsend our boy josh michelle parker and you know why it's due to their proven reliability grip glide and again safety these are safety tools you wouldn't bring a peeps beacon out there. So why are you using any other skins? This stuff gets you out there, gets you out there safely. It gets you to your mission and it gets you home. It gets you back out. All their products are completely PFC free as of 2020. And, you know, they pay close attention to their suppliers and they work directly with the families in South Africa to ensure ethical practices are in place. Pomoka skins, head on to your local retailer, ask for those pink skins that you see in the 50. There's a reason that Cody's using them because they work. Pomoka skins, find your local retailer, shop local, go get yourself a pair. You know, I already mentioned it before in the last uh, conversation I just had here, but I can't get enough of that Deuter Freerider Pro 34 Plus. It fits like a 34 liter pack, right? But you have 10 extra liters for snacks, hot dogs, glizzies, subs. The Freerider Pro has all the features and flexible capacity that you need for multi-day adventures in the mountain. What a concept. The latest incarnation of the Freerider Pro has a new roll top closure. I love it so much because it disappears. You don't even know it's there. 
It allows you to expand the capacity of the pack by 10 liters. The roll top itself is also fitted with a stowable strap for the attachment of an extra kit or a climbing rope or to compress your stuff. You know, it, it's the greatest bag I've literally ever used in my entire life. Um, at times during the day when you don't need your skis, your snowshoes, your snowboard, they can be attached to the outside of your pack quickly and easily using two dedicated gear straps. Skis can be affixed diagonally across the back or in an A-frame. A snowboard or snowshoes in the upright position. There are versatile gear strings on there. You can put your helmet on there. You can strap it all down. It, I'm telling you, this thing is amazing. Here's my favorite thing, uh, besides like all the other favorite things I just listed. When you stop for snacks, obviously you don't have to unstrap your equipment because you can access the main compartment via the rear opening that opens fully to see all of your stuff. Come on, guys. It doesn't get any better. Snow-resistant fabric ensures that both carry systems and your back remain dry. Hip fin with loops. You know, I put my walkie-talkies on there. Adjustable sternum belt. Load adjustment straps. Ice axe attachments. Reinforced safety compartment for shovel, blade, and handle. Zip access across the back. Volume expansion. Helmet mount. I can go on. PFC-free. Compatible with three liters of uh, water or beverage drinking system and or bag inside compartment to to keep your valuables safe guys it's deuter it's a deuter free rider 34 plus pro free rider pro 34 plus sorry that's a mouthful look it up I, i'm like slide in my dms let me tell you how fantastic this bag is i can't do any of these stunts these i can't do it i don't have the skill set i could probably take a bump because if you hit me hard enough i'll fall for sure <laughs> but like it's it, not to dive too deep but it's choreographed it's predetermined but it is so physically demanding so you have to i mean if you go out and do a promo you have that promo. You can't stutter. It's live TV. It's happening. Yeah. I would say like the outside stuff in wrestling is even harder than the inside stuff. I feel like in the ring, you know, that's the part where I feel most comfortable. That's the part where I feel most at home. It's the outside stuff, the, um, the marketing, the media, the staying in shape when you're on the road and you have to find food options late at night and you're wrestling in like a, I mean, you working out in like a little hotel gym. Um, I feel like that's the hard part. Um, we have it a lot easier when we are signed to a major company. But when you're an indie wrestler and you're doing it all yourself, all the social media by yourself, all the promotion, um, you don't have money, but you're still trying to eat healthy and find good gyms on the road and be tan and uh, like stay in good shape with your body. I, I would say that's that was the most challenging part. Because you're working a real job on top of also trying to turn your passion into a real job as well. Yeah, I can't. I mean, it does. How do you stay healthy? Like, I don't. I, I will never. I don't think there's anything more demanding than a wrestler's schedule. I mean, the, the easy answer is you really don't stay healthy. I mean, you kind of just have to uh, deal with the deal with the injuries that you're given. And, um, you know. You can be hurt, but hurt doesn't necessarily always mean injured. I think there's, I don't think there's one wrestler on the planet who goes into a match thinking like, man, I feel 100%. I don't think there's anybody who goes into that feeling that way. Um, it, is it sustainable? Man. Uh, what was that? Is it sustainable? <laughs> I mean, sustainable. I'm alive. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, rel I'm relatively healthy. Like I, I don't. Like I can still do physical activities. I can still play like soccer with my friends and play pickup basketball. But I mean, there are some days where like a couple weeks ago after my match with um, Trent on, on Rampage, I went back to my hotel room and, you know, I could barely get, get into bed. Most people have trouble getting out of bed. I could barely get into bed. I, I was in that, uh, I was in that rougher shape. But like, you know, the next morning you do some stretches if you if you're smart you invest in a like a pt and you get stretched by or like you get work done and you take very good care of your body like if you're smart 
it's very sustainable and very manageable. What's the greatest piece of advice you could give someone trying to get into wrestling right now? Man, just just work super hard. Um, be smart about who you surround yourself with and whose opinions and opinions you're taking and you know maybe find like a good mentor find somebody who has been successful in the things that you want to succeed in if possible and you know just be a good person if you're somebody that nobody wants to work with you won't find work but if you're somebody that people do want to work with and people enjoy being around they will want to work with you and sometimes that'll get you farther than you know any talent will how, how do you deal with, and I, I don't know how to ask this, but like, how do you deal with right? Like they're writing stuff for you and you don't always have a choice. So if they wanted to name you, I, let's, for example, I know you were one of like a Rosebud's, like a taco for Rosebud when he came out, right? Was that? It was a cheeseburger actually. A cheeseburger. I got that shot for you. Believe it or not, <laughs> the film that you got. It was from me. I almost got booted for that. But like, wow. how do you, is there power in no in this business? Or are you just a yes man? Like there's a lot of gimmicks that you wrestlers get thrown into, you know, famously like Stardust, right? Yeah. I mean, on an independent level and obviously an independent level, you can do whatever you want to do. And, um, you know, nobody's really telling you, hey, you need to go be a trash man for your character. Because, I mean, you could say no. Like, a booking is just a booking at that point. And at AEW, um, we are given a lot of freedom about what we, what our characters can be and who, like, how we want to present ourselves. But I know, like, some other places, you know, like, you really can't say no. You're being hired as somebody who... You're basically being hired as a toy that your boss is going to play with. And your boss is going to play with you however he wants to play with you and you will do what he says because i mean you you got to realize hey I'm, I'm not being signed as a wrestler to be you know my vision of what i am i'm being signed as a wrestler to be my boss's vision of what i am and like i said i'm very grateful at aew to where our boss and the um the creative powers they're have a lot of trust in the wrestlers and they let us have a lot more say and a lot more reign on who we want to be. But like I said, other places it gets a little, you know, you don't get as much freedom. What about like sponsors again in our, in my world, we survive off of like Sierra Nevada is a great partner for here. Or Rumple blankets is a great partner for us. We won't survive without that. Can you come out with like, I mean, famously, like Jimmy John's all over your, your outfit or like what, where are the rules on that? I mean, that would, that would be a question more for our, uh, for our PR team. Uh, I, I think like at AEW, if it doesn't inter interfere with any, um, of the network's beliefs or, um, I guess like alliances with other companies, I'm sure it'd be allowed to do it. Um, other places I know, like. CM Punk famously said, like, he couldn't get sponsors on his tights back in the day, and he was mad that Brock Lesnar could get it. So I, I don't know what their policies are over there, but I think at AEW we could let it rock. Yeah. As I'm, long as it makes financial sense for everybody. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's refreshing to not watch, you know, a bunch of athletes go out covered in sponsors, because that's all we see yeah. now. Um, but it is interesting that it hasn't happened and it's especially in this world of like influencer like influence i don't want to say you're an influencer because you're not you're a pro wrestler but you have mm -hmm. influence right so like for you to be holding up a can of code red mountain dew or whatever and getting paid like that's how we survive these days so it's yeah it's been it's interesting to watch to see that like it really hasn't infiltrated professional wrestling too much yeah, no, I mean, you see um, at AEW, we have a bunch of sponsored matches. Like, we just had that, um, the Yakuza Sega video game match. We've had the Texas Chainsaw match, like, for that video game. For sure. Um, me and Brian's match was, like, the House of Dragon HBO launch match. Um, in WWE, they had the Mountain Dew 
like drink match or whatever it was called. But like, yeah, like they have sponsored matches, but I think just cool. I always love like a good theme for a for a wrestling match to give it like a unique outlook. So what's your perfect wrestling match? Mm, that's a good question. I, I think a, a perfect wrestling match for me is just two people going out there with a lot of hatred for each other. <laughs> I feel feel like that's something that's really lacking in wrestling. Just like two two grown people fighting over a problem. That's my favorite wrestling match. Just two people who have a problem with each other and they're, it looks like they're really fighting it out. That's what I love. Like, that's why I love people like John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, Brian. Like, these are people, like, grown people. Like, it, like, they're really, like, settling something in the ring. Like, that's what I love to see. Yeah, and guys like that, it's, it's so, they're such great storytellers. But to me, it's like, what are you mad about? Like, your lives on the outside are great. And, like, kayfabe is almost a thing of the past because of the internet. Like, I know like what Brian Danielson's doing if I want to see it on like the Bella Twins show or what, like, you know what I mean? So it's like sure. for them to still be that great of storytellers that when you watch a match, you feel that you feel their anger. And then on the outside, they have like these, I mean, everyone life looks great on the internet, but like they have like these perfect lives. It's just a testament to like them and their storytelling, in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, you can still, obviously have a great life and still have things to be, you know, very mad about. You see people who, you know, make millions of dollars, like multimillionaires who, who do have problems. And, you know, uh, I think that's very normal. What give me, if you could wrestle anybody like dead or alive, who would you wrestle? Like who would the, what would the match be? And who would you wrestle? Mm, man. Um, I feel like I've wrestled just about everybody who I've, I mean, not everybody, but like everybody who is currently active in wrestling and people who even I thought wouldn't, I would have never a chance to wrestle. Like I've done, you know, like I've got to wrestle Mox. Um, he was always like a viable option because I knew he was going to be around for a while. But then people like, you know, like Brian, who when I first started wrestling, he was retired. And I thought, oh man, by the time I make it, and, and then he came back and I thought, man, by the time I make it to like a major company, he's going to be retired again. But then, you know, like he comes to AEW while I'm in AEW and it feels almost like fate. Um, I mean, that that was my number one dream match. People like Punk who, you know, he was retired. I thought, oh, he's never coming back to wrestling. Then I got to wrestle him. Like that stuff is pretty mind blowing to me. Uh, I guess somebody who... Like, I can't wrestle that. I would have loved to, like, get in there with, be, like, Eddie Guerrero. I, th I think that would For be. For sure. Like, he's probably, like, my top, you know, five favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, I would really love to wrestle. I think my number one dream match, this surprises a lot of people, but I would love to wrestle Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I think, you know, I, I love him as a performer, and I think me and him could do something really cool. That stresses me out. That tell that tells me like exactly who you are as a human. <laughs> like that, you just get ragdolled by that guy. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's believe like anybody who he wrestles, he should be ragdolling though. Like it's it's the only believable outcome. I love that. I'm yeah. I mean, that would be the last person I'd want to wrestle. <laughs> I'd want to wrestle like. What was the fake Goldberg that they had for a while? Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert. That's who I would want to wrestle. That would be like, I might have a chance. See, that says a lot about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. If you even knew. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you even knew. what What's the key to cutting a perfect promo? I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't think I don't think any but me, myself, or I don't know if anybody has ever cut a perfect promo. But I think the, the key to cutting a good promo would be, um, you know, just belief in what you're saying. I feel like if you believe what you're saying, um, that'll convey to the audience. And, you know, if you believe it, they'll believe it. I think it's just a lot of belief in what you're saying and also conveying emotion. I think a lot of it as well as in your body language and 
your eyes and your facials. I think a lot of the time it's not really what you say, it's how you say it. Do they coach you for this? You guys are like, I'm just, I'm blown away at live television. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a sitcom for like lack of a, maybe you guys don't like that term, but like it is live and it is happening. How do you not crack? How do you not, you know, has there ever been a time when you're live and someone in a crowd just says something that makes you break? Nah, I've been pretty, uh, I got a pretty good uh, stone face. I'm pretty good at, you know, turning it out and locking in and not being too distracted. But I mean, I work with some of the funniest dudes in the business. You know, um, I was in a stable with Chris Jericho and uh, Matt Menard and Angelo Parker from 2.0, uh, Jake Hager, like these people who are actually hilarious people in wrestling and in real life. And I mean, if they couldn't give me the crack, I don't know who can't. I, I don't know. I don't. Do you remember your first like live promo? Uh, my first live promo? <sighs> no, but I remember when I first got to AEW, um, I was doing the main events of Rampage a lot, like right off the bat. Like right when I got to AEW, they were putting me in these main event matches. And when Rampage started, there used to be a, it was called like a three box, where it was you the guy you're wrestling and Mark Henry all on screen. And, um, you know, I was having to do those every single week at one point, like, Hey, we need a promo for you. We need a promo for you. And this is within my first month or two of being on, on television. So I feel like I was kind of thrown into the deep end, like right away, baptized by fire. And, um, I think it helped accelerate my growth as a performer a lot. And what's next? How do you keep evolving? Where do you get your inspo? Where do you get your ideas? I mean, you can find inspiration anywhere. I find a lot of inspiration in like, in uh, in music and like live music performances and you know sports and movies. I, I think you can find inspiration anywhere. Um, I don't think I really have like a set vision in my head of like, oh, this is next. I, th I think when you know, you know. Like sometimes something will just pop into your head and you're like, oh, like this is what I'm going to be doing now. And, you know, I don't think I've had that eureka, eureka moment for the next iteration of who I am yet. But I think it's a work in progress and I don't want to change right now. I think I'm in a I'm in a cool little uh, pocket of my career right now. And I think I've only scratched the surface of what that pocket is in a view scape of the audience. Yeah, it's fortunate that you you're in this so young that you like haven't been grinding it out in the. I don't want to say you haven't been grinding it out because you've earned it, but like a lot of people stay in indies for 15 years. Like they never get their call. Right. So you yeah. are very fortunate. You, I'm sure you worked your way. I, I, I've followed you for a long time. So I know I saw you traveling to Toronto every weekend and doing those things, but like you're doing it live. Now you're inventing, reinventing yourself or finding yourself on live television. And I think it's, really rare for us as as an audience to see yeah um i think reinvention is key i think uh you shouldn't stay stagnant and what's what's the phrase like rest on your laurels you shouldn't be somebody who you know is just comfortable i think you should always be looking for inspiration and being ready to adapt because wrestling fans can be so fickle they can turn on you on a dime and what they love one week, they'll hate the next week. So you got to be prepared for anything. Yeah. And you can't plan for like, you've got your dance move. That's getting hot right now. Like that's getting a pop every time you can't plan that. Yeah, you really can. Like it's, it's a, uh, what wrestling fans attached to. I'll never understand. I'll never <laughs> understand their thought process of what they like and what they don't like. You know, I, I went at AEW. I've been here for almost three years. I've had, two years of having some of the some of the like what i consider to be historic and great some historic and great professional wrestling matches that you know might be listed under some of like the like top maybe 100 matches of all time like uh, i think i've had some really important and some really good ones but you know sometimes nothing gets a louder reaction than swiveling your hips on that stage <laughs> does that hurt sometimes are you okay with um, it? 
I wouldn't say it hurts because I mean it's still something that I'm doing and that I worked very hard on. But I will say it does kind of feel like being. I compare it to, and I don't know the feeling, but I feel like this is probably what it feels like, being like a band who pours their heart and soul into all of their albums, and then you know they have that one song that just goes viral, and now that's all the audience wants to hear. Yeah, Freebird. Just play Freebird. We don't care what you do. Play Freebird. I will say, if you are a smart performer, which I fully believe that I am, you will be able to parlay your one thing, your thing that is popular, into you being popular. And that's the kind of, you know, that's the wave that I feel right now. Like, I feel it transitioning into people not just being excited for the dance, but people are excited for me doing the dance. Yeah. They're excited for the they're excited for the man behind the dance as well. <laughs> There's so much behind it. There's so much between but you know, your theme music, your character, your how you wrestle, your wrestling style. It it will always blow my mind and I'm always so intrigued by it. So thanks for giving a little insight there. I'm going to pivot a little bit. I want to talk about like you went to Buff State. What did you study? I was a communications major. Oh, so you're doing, you're living it. Couldn't Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> what would you be doing if you weren't a wrestler? If you don't have a rumple everywhere mat in your car, stop what you're doing right now. Pull over if you're driving, if you're skidding, stop. Go to rumple.com, get one. They are on sale right now for like $37. The bag is, or the bag, the, the mat f- like flips into this little bag it's super lightweight. It lives in my Prius. I pull it out on the ground. I'm telling you, with my socks on, it's completely waterproof. I stuff it back in there. I go skiing for the day or I go mountain biking. I pull it back out. Same thing, throw on the ground. It's the Rumple Everywhere mat. I like the mini for the car. If you're a van dweller, maybe get the, the Everywhere mat and the full size. Again, their blankets are phenomenal. Their gear and apparel is phenomenal. The collabs they've been doing is phenomenal. Rumple.com. We've got a code. It's in the show notes. Check it out. Greatest blankets I've ever used. And this everywhere mat has just been so good to me. Again, rumple.com. Check it out. And uh, my last sponsor this week, let's talk about them. You know them. It's our favorite beverage, Sierra Nevada. Whether you're having some adult sodas or you know my favorite sierra nevada hop splash they are your answer to your year-round hydration snack post ride post ski everything whether it's the palau the torpedo you know you can get a fan favorite pack sunny little thing tropical little thing dank little thing the new hazy ipa what i'm loving is that hop splash from sierra sierra nevada Guys, you know what it is because I've told you what it is. There's nothing better than after a day of skiing, biking, than that fresh fizz in your cooler. Stay hydrated with Sierra Nevada Hop Splash, sparkling water with zero alcohol, maximum flavor, infused with Citra Amarillo hops for a refreshing medley of peach, mango, and grapefruit. Again, that's Sierra Nevada Hop Splash, zero alcohol, zero calories, 100% flavor, just the best man it's actually funny uh so i'm in la right now we had a week of shows here and um i stayed an extra day to go to complex con because AEW had a booth there they wanted me to stop by and um you know it was always my dream when i was in high school and college i wanted to work for complex i wanted to be like an on-screen journalist like working in like music in the fashion industry like that was something that i really could see myself doing do you see yourself doing that still? Like as you, as Daniel Garcia, the character grows, you can then grow into, you can have your own fashion line. You can have your own, I don't know. Definitely. I, I think I have like a little bit less time now to be so heavily invested on like new trends in music and new trends in, in like fashion and stuff like that. So I think it would have to be a different, um, It'd have to be about something else because I'm not as ahead of the curb as I used to be. What do you do for fun? Man, for fun, um, 
<laughs> well, what's so funny? I just, it's such a dumb question, but like, I no, get, always I get so engulfed into like, like that's your job. And I think we forget yeah. that is that wrestling is your job. It's work as much as you might yeah. love it. It's your job. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for fun? Man, when I'm on the road, I mean, it's no secret. Uh, shout out my boy, Isaiah Cassidy. He has a vlog. He documents everything. Uh, you know, me, him, and one of the security dudes, uh, Dave, a.k.a. Play, a.k.a. Cheesecake. You know, like, <laughs> we we do a lot in the cities we go to. Like, you always find this, like, shopping or trying to find, like, what the city is known for. Like, going on TikTok and looking up, oh, food to eat in San Francisco. And then going to find the best place there. And, you know, like... We like to go out a lot, too. We, we like to party a little bit, uh, you know. I like doing, like, uh, you know those immersive museums? You ever been to one of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love going to those in different cities, um, you know. But when I'm back home, um, I have a very, like, tight-knit friend group of people that, you know, some people I went to high school with and people I've been close with for many years. And I like to live, like, a more just, like, calm lifestyle back home, you know. I play like a lot of pickup basketball, a lot of soccer. Um, me and my friends like to, you know, just hang out, play video games, watch terrible movies, <laughs> eat pizza rolls, stuff like that. What's your favorite terrible movie? Man, we just watched one the other day. It was called like Shark of the Corn or something like that. It's like about this shark who was like terrorizing people in a corn maze. It All was right. awful. I like that. Terrible. I'm off. I love those movies. Like Velocipaster. Have you seen that? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I'll have to add that to the queue. It's on Amazon. It's, uh, I don't know. He like, it's cut by like a T-Rex, like tooth. And he's a, he's a pastor, but like at night he turns into a Velociraptor. I, you know, that's it. That's the whole plot. But it sounds like my kind of thing. Yeah. Terribly bad. I love going to, uh, I love going to concerts. Uh, you know, I like, uh, like I said, like just playing sports, concerts, you know, I'm a big music guy. So I'm constantly listening to music all the time, trying to find new music. How cool was it to have West Side Gun introduce you in Buffalo, in your hometown? Man, that was crazy. Like when I first started wrestling, I remember trying to think of like perfect scenarios in my head. And it would be like, obviously like winning a title in Buffalo where West Side Gun walks me out to the ring. Like that's a perfect scenario. And then, I mean, even more perfect scenarios just got added on to that perfect scenario. Like, uh, you know, being able to wrestle somebody, like one of my greatest rivals and friends in the business, Wheeler Yuta, in the main event. And having Chris Jericho be out there for it. And having Brian Danielson, my favorite wrestler of all time, come out and shake my hand and put the title around my waist in front of my friends and family. And it being like one week before my birthday. And it being the day before the Bills home opener, you know, it was, just like, it was just like the perfect storm of, you know, like what everything I could have ever imagined in one week. It was amazing. I mean, I was there. I was literally sitting next to your mother. It, oh, wow. it was unreal. It was like for someone not being invested, like myself sitting in a row with your family it was like, I don't, I wish I could bottle that feeling. Mm. It was so emotional in the building and it sounds cliche and corny, but like your sister's there, your brother-in-law, your nieces, like your mother. It was insane. It was such, not to get personal, but it was such a neat, it was like watching someone fulfill their dreams live. And even yeah. though I was so separated from it you couldn't help but feel it mm. that's interesting that's really interesting does that make sense uh, how i'm saying that definitely it was a very you know I, i'm a big critic on a lot of my matches and i i don't like a lot of them and i feel like you know like this could have gone better that could have gone better but that was one night where i was i felt super filled afterwards it was like I don't know what could have gone better. I, I felt super fulfilled. I can tell you from the stands, it was, it was wild. It was like, I hate using the term, like it was electric, but like it genuinely was. It felt so powerful in that moment. It did. And like, 
you take away like the wrestling, you take away all of these like shields of like, this is entertainment, but you, you felt it. It was cool. I mean, that's like great storytelling. That's a great, you know, that's a, someone watches a movie and they're crying. Like that's how good it is. So for me, I feel like that match, I was thinking about this the other day. Like if you look at my, if my wrestling career was like a movie, I feel like that was like the end of like the first chapter of my movie. Like the first, like the first major act of my movie, I feel like that match was like the closing of, since when I first started wrestling, I feel like that was like a checkpoint, like the first checkpoint I've had, you know, like the start to then that's the first checkpoint. And now I'm working from, from that moment to another moment, whatever that could be. Yeah. That's like, you're, you're here. This is real. You're doing it. You did it. You're not done, but it's happening. Like this yeah. is a real, I'm sure there's so much. Do you deal with imposter syndrome? Definitely. I mean, I, th I think anybody who's in the, the public eye or doing what they want to do, I think goes through that. I think if they say they don't go through that, they might be, you know, might be a liar or they don't know what imposter syndrome is. <laughs> they just can't think of like, they know what it is, but they just don't know the name for it. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. I think there's times where I think to myself, like, you know, you're average, you're, you, you're somebody who like anybody could be in your position, but usually when I feel that way, I snap out of it pretty easily. Thankfully. <laughs> Do you have a trick? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Oh, I thought we were going to learn all your secrets here today. <laughs> um, how do you pick your ring gear? I mean, yours is pretty simple, I would say. But, like, where does that come into play? Um, Ring gear, I mean, it's something that, um, you know, mine was pretty simple, I feel like. I was just doing the trunks for a little bit. And um, I've always liked to keep my stuff pretty plain because I wanted the first stuff that people notice about me to be my wrestling. Uh, like, I didn't want to have any, like, crazy haircut or crazy gear because I wanted the first thing that people notice to be my, my in-ring ability. And then, obviously, like, the, the gear has changed from trunks to I did the leather pants for a little bit, and now I went from the leather pants to, like, more like a workwear-style outfit with, like, with, like, airbrush on it. And I, like, I'm really happy with my current iteration of my gear. I think it's very fitting for me. And then what about theme music? Man, theme music? Um, I My guy, Kevin Bennett, he's also from Buffalo, New York. He's an independent wrestler. Um, very good friend of mine. He made my current theme song. And, you know, I sent him a couple songs that I wanted it to sound like. And he meshed them together super, super well. And, um, you know, I feel like my theme music, it's it's New York drill mixed with reggaeton. You know, it, it's like the perfect representation of, I feel like, who I am. Do you think you'll ever change it? Um, You know, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, probably. I think sometimes it comes in your career where you, you know, you want a new fresh coat of paint. I'm sure that day will come. But I think for now, um, I'm really happy with it. All right. I'm going to get into some weirder questions here. Uh, not weirder, but if you had to explain what you do for a living to an alien, how would you explain it? Man, I would tell him I'm in, in like an emotions business. Um, I have to go in front of a bunch of people and make them feel a certain way. I have to, I have to read the room and I have to put on a physical performance based in combat, based in fighting. And, I need to, um, you know, draw emotions and feelings and make people react. That's what I would tell them. I think that's a great, great answer. Uh, what's something you wish everyone knew about you? Oh, man. Yeah, we're getting deep now. That's hard. <laughs> that's uh, a shit question, but I'm asking. It I, anyway. I, feel, I feel like everybody knowing one thing about you, that can be kind of dangerous because then they'll just base everything off that one thing. Um, I don't know. I always want them to know, like, you know, I try to be a good person most of the time. Sometimes I fail, you know, as everybody does. But I think I got good intentions. I think that's what I would want people to know. I, I'm never, 
My life is never based around bad intentions. I think that's a great answer for an on the spot question, but it's, it's hard being on all the time. Like you deal with it way more than I do. I am sure. But like in certain circles, people know who I am and I don't know who they are. Yeah. And that's a weird, not weird in a bad way. It's, but it's a weird interaction sometimes. Yeah. I mean, um, the hard thing is when you're in a public eye, people will always, it gives people an opportunity to perceive you. Um, and they don't always perceive you in the right ways. Like if they think you're going to be something that you're not. Like I was at the airport the other day and some dude like ran behind me and just like grabbed me by my shoulders. And I was wearing like sound canceling headphones. So I'm like, yo, who's grabbing me right now? Like right. I thought it, I thought it had to be somebody I knew to be that comfortable being physical with me and i turned around and i had no idea who the guy was you know so uh, i think sometimes sometimes people can feel like they have a stronger attachment and relationship with you than they really do because you've never met them in your life and uh i think sometimes that can be dangerous but you know i'm very grateful i think you know AEW has an amazing fan base and i feel like me specifically i have you know i really put my fans against any fans in the world like my fans ride for me my fans are super respectful and i feel like all most of the fans that i've met have are always super respectful and they are um you know they ride for me and they're they're cool people i think i got the coolest fans in the world for sure and i think that's a testament to you and your character um i think that's just I mean, that's how it goes, right? Like you, I, I think so too. I've noticed, and I, I was talking about this the other day. I think I attract a very specific kind of fan base. Like if you're a guy and you like Daniel Garcia, like you're fly, like you're player, you're cool. <laughs> if you're if you're a girl and you like Daniel Garcia, like you're probably like you're probably like bad. Like you're like a good looking girl, you know. Like I, I think I attract like cool people who like Daniel Garcia, and I think that's by design for sure. And I think you're also a, you're a you're a wrestlers you're wrestling fans wrestler you're not full of gimmicks you like at your core you are like a technical wrestler i don't know if that's an insult or not i think that's a compliment it would be a compliment to me but like you are like watching your matches you the core of your match is wrestling like textbook wrestling yeah i I would say so so i I feel like i cover I do a good job of like covering all the bases, you know. I feel like, um, like with my ring gear and my presentation with my music and stuff, I feel like um, I can cover like the the people who like the theatrics of wrestling and the people who like you know like the fashion and the music. I got that side, but then when I get down in the ring, I cover that side as well. Yeah, I think it's just having a huge advantage by being so young. Not many, like, young kids. You're not a kid, but, like, are in wrestling. Usually it takes, you're 30, you're 35. Like, I'm 37. I'm out of touch with what's cool. I have no idea. I try, but, like, I'm not hip anymore. I'm, like, an old curmudgeon. So you have this, like, advantage of being so young but being in the spotlight. It's It's an interesting position that i don't think most wrestlers are in i mean what's an average age of a wrestler of wrestlers i feel like it's a little bit older now to be honest i feel i feel like most wrestlers are um you know like uh at aew anyways i feel like most of the top guys are in their like mid to late 30s um so i feel like they see somebody like me they see somebody like hook like ricky starks these people who are young kind of in tune of what's going on in pop culture in the world i think they feel like we're people that they can relate to and we're people that um you know they can get behind because of that for sure how do you feel about celebrities entering the ring i know that's i don't know like a logan paul bad bunny i know those are wwe but those are easy examples um i think it's great i mean everybody Everybody who knows me knows how much of a fan of Big Bunny, of, of Bad Bunny I am. I have uh, nothing bad to say about him. But, um, you know, him and Logan Paul, I feel like they do great things for the business. I think that they bring a lot of eyes to the business that wouldn't necessarily be there before. 
And I feel like, you know, it's up to the companies to maintain that, those eyes, you know, those people can bring the eyes in, but it's up to the company to keep those eyes staying and being brought back for when the celebrities aren't there. So I, I think it's great. And I think that, um, you know, I would love to have more celebrity involvement in AEW. I feel like we've done a good job of implementing people like we had Kevin Gates, Lil Scrappy, you know, like uh, we've had a bunch of like hip hop people here and a bunch of like actors and stuff. And I think, you know, I would love to see more of it. Yeah, it definitely brings new eyes, right? 100%. Um, short answers here. They're just, I just give you two options. So like playlists or podcasts? Playlists. Pool or beach? Pool. Ah. <laughs> uh, it depends who I'm with. If I'm alone, pool. If I'm with people, beach. Fruits or vegetables? Uh, vegetables. Text or call? Depends who I'm talking to, you know? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say text. I'll say, I'll say text, yeah. Comedy or horror? Comedy. Waffle or pancake? Waffle, by far. <laughs> chicken Easy wings or beef on whack? Chicken wings, come on. Coffee or tea? Uh, tea, bubble tea, boba tea. Boba tea. If you had a professional career in an outdoor sport, what would it be in? Oh. This is a pure hypothetical. You could say unicycle. Is, is an outdoor sport like one of like the extreme ones? Or I will call them extreme. Like, I don't. We don't like the term extreme because, <laughs> like, what's ex, like? I think like jumping off the top rope is extreme, but no, sure. like, so, but yeah, an extreme sport like skiing, rock, snowboarding, rock, mountain biking, rock climbing. Rock climbing. That's my answer. Rock climbing. All right. Would you rather wrestle a bear or an alligator? Oh, alligator. That's the easy. Oh, that's the easiest question so far. Really? Ba yes. A bear? I feel like people used to wrestle bears though. No, nah, bears a bear a bear is insane. Like <laughs> a bear that like has its claws and has its teeth and everything. Everything. Yeah. And bears are fast, they're strong and they're vicious like ain't no way. An alligator, get on his back. I think you're good. All right. Um, this is my last question. This is it for you. If you could cook a meal for anyone, dead or alive, who would the person be and what meal would you cook? Man, if I could cook a meal for somebody, it would have to be somebody like I really want to impress. I'll say... My celebrity crush, Georgia Smith, I, I I would cook a meal for her. And, you know, I, I would probably cook something a little healthy, you know, but that still tastes good. Maybe like a maybe like a salmon or something like that I would cook for her. Okay. I don't even know who Georgia Smith is. Oh, she, she's an amazing singer. She, she's one of my favorites. Oh, I'm she's looking beautiful. her up right now. I'm in love with her. I feel like this is obtainable for you. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I think dating is all about proximity. And I think if you put me in a room with anybody, I think I got a shot. Damn. Gleaming with confidence. I think I got a shot if you put me in a room with anybody. I like my chances. <laughs> Manager of the British Bulldog brand? Is this who I'm looking at? No. It's, it's a J-A-J-O-R-J-A. -A okay. I was going to say, this is like, this is way too correlated to wrestling here. <laughs> Oh, 3.7 million followers. You're not sliding into those DMs, dude. I know. That's why I, I got to use my uh, I got to use my connections. I got to use my degrees of separation to get to. <laughs> so, Georgia Smith and you're cooking her a salmon meal. What's our side? You got to you got to give me all the details. Salmon Man, aside, I'd probably do do some like pasta with with some like I have to find like a good sauce. I'm not the best cook, but I, I would try to find like a like a pasta with like a good sauce that complements the taste of the salmon well. Um, some vegetables, obviously, maybe like a little vegetable medley. I'd make her some dessert too. I don't know what yet, but but <laughs> I, I would think of a good one for sure. Honestly, I'd probably just go to Wegmans and get some pre-made food and pretend like I cooked it. 
That's a power move right there. That's an honest man too. Would you tell her at the end? Like 30, like 30 years down the line, you tell her. Oh yeah. If, if I already secured it. Yeah. I'm telling him. <laughs> Daniel, thank you. Um, this is a super bizarre podcast for me and it's super fun. So thank you for just like telling stories of wrestling. I know we didn't talk like outdoors and Matt, but I don't, I don't think that matters. I think wrestling is such an interesting sport. And I think my audience is so intrigued by it as well. Um, people to thank, where can people follow you and see what you're doing and what you're up to? Man, you can see me on uh, the former Twitter, but I think it's, it's X now, and uh, Instagram at, at Garcia Wrestling. That's my uh, handle for both of them. You can find me on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on Wednesdays on TBS at 8 p.m., all Elite Wrestling Rampage on Fridays on TNT at 10 p.m. And on AEW Collision on Saturdays on TNT at 8 p.m. as well. And Honor Club, if you if you have the subscription, you can see me on there as well. Daniel, thank and, you. And, and, and you could probably see me at like Good Bar in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> on, on from some random like Saturday nights. You can see me <laughs> Find them at Good Bar. Good Bar is going to be packed now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It I'm already is. I'm in the crowd for goodbye. <laughs> Daniel, thank you. All right, thank you.